Hello and welcome to a new episode of After the Whistle. Episode 29. Yep, yep. Yeah, so it's me, Moose, and Cyril for today. Two man of two man of yeah. Let's do this. Pick and roll. Episode 29. So our first topic is going to be showboating in sports. Yeah, and what brought this about, what brought this topic to our attention, or the reason why we chose this was last week, or earlier this week, Jordan Bell. For those of you who do not know, he plays with the Golden State Warriors. He's a rookie on the Golden State Warriors. He's a rookie on the Golden State Warriors. And during a substantial lead that the Warriors had, he had a chance to go for a two-pointer and decided, why not give myself a soft alley-oop? Yeah, there was a fast-break opportunity. And he threw the ball against the backboard and dunked it. Which was amazing to watch. As yeah, a highlight show. Yeah, it, was, it was a great highlight show. Exactly. People felt some ways about it. No, the other team felt some ways about it. Well, and some people as well. Some people watching the game also felt that, hey, you're a rookie, your team has a lead, you shouldn't go out of your way and try to get flashy points. Is that right? Is that a valid criticism to levy or to throw against a young, the young kid who just clearly seemed like he was having fun? But my thing is, who was against it? Because when you when you look at... The reaction? The reaction. <laughs> well, I mean, his teammates were... mostly from... The opposing team. Yeah. The opposing team staff. Yeah. The opposing team's fans. <laughs> I think what but later... I mean, generally, fans liked it. Yeah, I think what later on, they were saying that uh, his coach, Steve Kerr, was trying to reach out to the other coach to, you know, also apologize on his guy's behalf, which I guess can also give some validation in the sense that why is a coach apologizing if he did nothing wrong? But you also have to look at the kind of person Steve Kerr is. He probably doesn't want any more bad blood for his team. Okay. So he's just trying to alleviate. So you feel like this was just, even though we are not in the wrong, we're just going to be the bigger person. I'm just saying there might be some coaches who wouldn't have said anything about it, who wouldn't have cared. Who mm-hmm. would have said, well, it's it's part of the game. Yeah. And we have to deal with it because it's sports and it's entertainment. I mean, from a fan's point of view, I don't know why... Sh- Showboating is is so frowned upon by the opposing team because you're. Let's just open it up. Okay, let's you do can that. showboat. We can showboat. Everyone can showboat, right? So long as your 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 manager or your coach is okay with it, go ahead and showboat. Is it? I mean, you're supposed to get by your man. Yeah. If you do it in a flashy way that embarrasses him. You go by your man. I'm sure your coach is fine with it. You're supposed to score points. However, you get those However points. However, you get those points if you do it to the flashiest way possible. Yeah. I mean, where do we draw the line? Are we, are we going to stop dunks? Are people going to have to stop dunking on people? Like, are we, you know, are, are, are strikers good? Are like forwards going to stop dribbling? No, no. I mean, I, I just kick the ball past and use their pace. I get that argument, but moves well. I think also. For the losers or for the team that is being showboated on. Insult to injury. It's insult to injury. Yes, and that's and what sports is about. No, but you see, it's also there are also periods during that game where they are probably the inferior, the bad side coming in. So they don't have the opportunity to showboat because you can't be the losing side showboating and ended up losing the game. Yes, so you pay a cost to showboat. <laughs> so that's so that's where it is. You pay you pay a cost to showboat. So if I mean, it's an unwritten rule. And it's unwritten. It's a rule the for a reason, The unwritten right? rule is that you can only showboat when you have a pretty substantial large lead. lead. Yeah. That's when you can showboat. Because I don't think your manager is going to be happy if you if it's a 1-0, if you're only 1-0 ahead and 
your yeah, winger is beating his man repeatedly without sending the ball into the park. Yeah. I don't think you have a fast break opportunity where you really, really need to score and a player does a self alley-oop, the coach is going to be happy. He's probably going to take him off. Gonna but take he's going to say, well, we needed those two points. You should have gone for the safest, the safest yeah. shot you could get. And there's probably a time factor as well. Yes. So because of that, I guess it's only the good teams and the good players who showboat. But so, there's a, so there's an intrinsic... Yeah, okay. Cost so, to showboat. You pay a cost. So given given that we have this divide who can showboat and who can't, doesn't there have to be some level of respect in terms of sportsmanship? No, no, but the thing is who can showboat and who can't? We haven't I haven't sat here and made that up. Okay. Then, you can't be yet, if you're yet, losing. Yet, yet, if my, you're losing. No, if you're losing. You can't. Can you showboat if you're losing? No. Your fans are going to be at your neck. Yeah. Your manager is going to be at exactly, your neck. Exactly, so you you're can't. Going to, yeah, you can't. Yes. Exactly, so I'm not making this up. No, 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 no. I'm saying this is a demarcation I guess I am putting forward. Yes. There are the people who can showboat. Your team has to be winning or you have to have a clearly superior side. Quality players. Does that mean that when you come into a I'm not game... you can, but you get away with showboating <laughs> if those conditions are met. <laughs> okay. You're saying get away. I say they ha- they kind of they have their environment I mean, where see, they can. You see rookies on losing teams trying to get their points in garbage time. Yeah, knowing full well that the game is already lost. Yeah, you know. So yeah, but I guess you said mentioned this earlier. The insult to injury part. Yeah, the insult. Doesn't there have to be some sort of camaraderie respect between two teams? Because in as much as we are looking at the entertainment factor. We also sports is also it's all about it's all supposed to be about that brotherhood, right? That that building respect, that showing respect for the game for your opponents and just showboats. I mean, we've had instances of Neymar, Atletico Madrid players complaining that hey, it's just not a nice look for you to be facing a defender and you know dribbling, showing all kinds of skills about. Because I think for professional footballers, most of them could probably pull out some of these skills during training. But I guess you doing this in the real game and making them look stupid, inferior, bad in comparison on a one-on-one level, that's just, come on. Well, what I say to that is they need, they need to <laughs> chill out. <laughs> this is sport. Man, if you were playing and some and some young guy or some young rookie came and just posterized you or just dribbled you off, off the field, would you be saying, you know what, he got me fair and square? I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't have any other avenue to take it out on him. You get me? Because with the Neymar incident, yeah. he got fouled. Yeah. He got fouled. And the problem was the players fouled him and they felt that they had moral superiority for fouling him. Because, because, of, yeah. because of what he was doing. But the referee came in and gave the foul to Neymar. So the referee understood what was going on. You can't tell me the referee, no, tell him to stop that. That's why I fouled him. I mean, it's not against any rules in it's the game. It's not against any rules in the game. It's because you don't like it. And that's what I'm saying. Chill out. It's sport. After the game is over, you guys can be, you know, as professional <laughs> as you are with each other. Because, come on, you cannot tell me that you come into a game looking to lose. You cannot tell me that you look at your opponent as your friend on the field. He's your rival. Yeah. You're trying to beat him. You're trying to embarrass him. There are no hard feelings. It's sport. Yeah. It's what we do. We are supposed to win against you. And then we go back home. We are, I mean, you're all well paid. This is like 
the highest level of the sport, I don't think this is that much of a problem. Put your ego aside. The next time when you have an opportunity to, to you know, to get, to get even, then you try, you try and get even. You don't just sit there and say, this guy isn't allowed to showboat. This guy isn't allowed to dribble me. He's dribbling me. Too. You sound like a whiner. He's dribbling, like a whiner. he's dribbling me too much. So he's then, beating me too much. Okay, so give. So let's say this. Players are allowed to show both showcase their skills. But then the different sports do have different self-correcting mechanisms. Football, for example, you mentioned Neymar. If you're going to go and be all super fancy, defenders feel like they have a right to, you know, get a bit more intense when it comes to the fouls. Do we also just excuse that? Because if you know you're going to be the flashy kind of player, this is what you get in return. Because you have players now also trying to, you know, I don't say claw some respect back. Yeah, but that's an inter- that's a very good point. That's an interesting point. So now Neymar is also putting himself in danger by showboating, and he knows that. Okay. And probably he had already been earmarked for hard fouls before the game started because he is one of the guys who's going to unlock the opponent's defense. Mm-hmm. He is one of the key danger men. So you know that someone who is so good at beating his man. I I mean the old axiom goes. You lose the ball, you don't lose the man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you look at the stats, and the dribblers are one of, are the most fouled players in the game because they're good at beating men, and sometimes the only way to stop them is to foul them. Yeah. So that's also the price they pay. They they get kicked. They get kicked around a lot during the game. So this is also his chance to show you that okay. So do we see that as an equivalent exchange? I mean, if you are going no, to, it's go not show- an equivalent exchange, but. I mean, they understand it's part of the game because even if even if he came in and he wasn't showboating, he was doing what he was supposed to do. He was just getting past his man in the most, in air quotes, respectful way possible. He will still probably get hard fouled. Yeah. I mean, you okay, look at it the other way around. A player hard fouls you and then stretches out his hand to shake you because, <laughs> I mean, it's in the game. My manager told me, I mean, I have to... I have to hard foul you. Yeah, it's, but there's, part no, of the there's no malice. There's, there's no, no malice there's there. There's no intention, yeah. You know, so, and that's, that's, that's even more dangerous because, I mean, players even injure other players and it wasn't their intention. They were trying to Just take the, the ball, ball away. They yeah. were trying to perform a defensive action and that happened. So, that's the flip side to it. So, I mean, come on. They sh- it should be allowed. Showboating is fun. I mean, it's sports and it's also entertainment. There's a reason why people love to watch Messi. There's a reason why people love to watch Neymar. Because they're exciting to watch. They have silky skills. We want to see those skills. We don't want to get to the point where we don't... He stops showing those skills because... Oh, Somebody's he feels it's disrespectful or... or he doesn't want to hurt someone else's feelings. I mean, everyone loved Ronaldinho. Everyone loved Ronaldinho. Yeah. And he got kicked around a lot. He got a lot of attention from defenders. And he also had to deal with it because he knew that that was the price he also had to pay for being such an entertainer with the ball. Players shouldn't get too worked up about it. It's part of the game. Because where do you draw the line? I mean, in a game like uh, basketball, where do you draw the line? Are players, are players going to stop dunking? Or is it because he was a rookie? Yeah. Because I don't see those complaints against, against a Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I don't see those complaints against, you know, 
And Blake Griffin, like you said. I mean, I think uh, Jordan had a whole lot going against him. One, he was on the Warriors. Two, the team had a huge lead. Three, he was a rookie. He was a rookie, yes. Yeah. So maybe it's the rookie thing. Maybe it's the, oh, you're not, you, you haven't been in this league long enough to do that. Okay, then put the target on his back. Yeah, make I mean, Lonzo Ball <laughs> admittedly has a target on his back because of what his dad yeah. has been saying in the media. He's playing through it. So if Jordan Bell, who's the guy on the Warriors who made the self-value yeah. of the fast break opportunity, if he's now going to, if he's now putting a target on his back, well, he has to live with it. Yeah, I mean, it was his decision to, you know, it was his decision pull to do this that. off, yeah. You know, and it's it's a man, it's a man's league. <laughs> well, that's what's said like, about the NBA. So you look out for yourself. As Rose says, well, we men. Yeah, we men. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. no, no. Let's not, no, no. Let's not condone that type of behavior. All right, let's segue into biggest disappointments of the Premier League season. Um, I think we had 10 games in, into the Premier League. So it's still very much hot takes, but we're just going to discuss a little... Either tactics, coaches, players, decisions, moves that have just let us left us confounded a bit. I'm gonna start and mine mine I think for Liverpool fans is one that's pretty obvious. It's just been Klopp's reluctance to sort out his defense. Now, before recording, Moose and I had a discussion about Klopp's style and we get that or we both agree that yeah, he is attack heavy. He's sacrificing some defensive new some defensive solidity for more attacking prowess but it just seems like he's gambled and he hasn't gotten the formula right in the the amount he's given up in defense he's not getting the exact or he's not getting an equivalent amount in offense and that's leaving Liverpool probably struggling I predict to make the top four Tottenham was on Klopp's lack of defense or lack of attention to defense you're disappointed by his yeah attention because I mean he's been He's seen the Premier League. I pretty much sure he's read the criticism about his play style. There has to be some adaptation to the new league, to the players you have. And he just seems like he just went back into what he felt would work. And it's not looking like yeah, betting on himself was a good decision. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as, as a manager, you take risks. You know, you take risks with your play style. This is his third season. Yeah, but you see, the funny thing is, this was a risk that he could have at least planned for, have a, had a plan B. Get a good defender in. Fine, you couldn't get Van der Vaart, but you know. Van Dijk. Really Van, Van Dijk, sorry. You couldn't get Van Dijk, but at least get, get, get semi-competent people that could keep 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 the defense organized till January when you could, you know, maybe try to go for him again or a top-class centre-back. It just seems like a, it's just all very confusing on Klopp's angle, at least when I look at Liverpool. I mean, you can also make that, the argument has been made, sorry, that Mane is an essential piece of the Liverpool attack. And the reason why the attack looks blunt and is crumbled is because of him. I mean, Lana is also out as well. He's been surprisingly, well, no surprise, depending on how you rate him, but he's been a very essential part of Klopp's attack this last three seasons. So, I mean, true, but maybe, let's just assume they were looking to improve this season. Yeah, but can we... right now they are twelve points off the top, mm-hmm. which is Man City, and they have a goal difference. Wow, there's <laughs> a thirty goal difference. How is that even? <laughs> no, but I mean between the team second and the team that's first, there's a ten goal difference. Okay, okay. So let's just say City have been an outlier in terms of like in yeah. terms of goal scoring, but. 
minus 30. Not to say Liverpool are at minus 30, but there's a 30 goal difference mm-hmm. between them and Man City, which shows that, well, their attacking style isn't working as well as City's. Man City's attacking style is. So, yeah, it is disappointing because you expected them to improve from last season, where they scored a lot of goals and considered a lot of goals. So, you would think that things would work better for them this season. But this season, they've lost quite a few games. They are a ways behind, but it's still it's still very early in the season. I mean, that's, and if that's they're the looking one for, thing if they're looking for, for a top six spot, I think they can still make it. I don't but think if they want, they want top a top, spot, it's a top four spot, right? That's what club definitely has to be targeting. If a top four spot, well, that's understandable. I think the criticism is qualitative. Mm. Because in the end, they still could have been a good team and still been in sit. I guess that's possible because there are six very good teams. It's because watching their games and watching how fragile, for want of a better word, they yes. are defensively, yeah. that's why people are complaining. Because for a team like them, the defense is fragile, the offense is really strong. If they don't score, they're in trouble. Yeah. And that's increasingly been the case. And that's uh, increasingly been the case because this season they haven't been able to turn teams over as well as well they were expected to I with mean, the players started, they have this season. They started red hot, but then... They started red hot, but they've cooled down a bit. So, I mean, yeah, but... I mean, I'm I'm not... I'm not a Liverpool sympathizer, so... It's not a sympathizer. You No, but I mean... important to... Be disappointed by to be disappointed by <laughs> their struggles. I I'm enjoying their struggles. I mean, I guess maybe there are teams that keep seeing the same gaping hole or the same confusing decision being made season after season. So this is just Liverpool's <laughs> cross to bear. About how by yourself? I mean, my disappointment is the fact that Man United sacrifices teams' momentum. I mean, it for, paid off for it, what it paid off today. For what turned out to be. Oh, you mean a that, point li- that Liverpool out of game. six? Yeah, it's it, it's an it's an extremely. It turned out, yeah, because the team the team was in great form, and Liverpool if was coming had, in with the poor, like they were the there poor, for the taking. They, they were was, there for the taking, and you set up the team defensively and got a point, and maybe that was the carryover that resulted in the team losing to Huddersfield. Because mm-hmm. I mean, momentum isn't something you can just switch on, switch off, and then switch back on again. You have a way you you set up the team and they were figuring things out and they were playing well. You switched to a very defensive style. Well, you have to work on that. So now, for them to come back, they now have to work themselves back into, you know, the offensive schemes that they were used to. Because if you looked at Liverpool, Huddersfield, um, which were Man United fixtures, Liverpool, Huddersfield, Tottenham, and then Chelsea. Well, right now... They've played the first three. They've played the first three. By the time when they had played the first two, if you looked at them and said, okay, four points, good, three points, great, they ended up with one out of six. No, they ended up with one out of six because they ended up getting beaten by Huddersfield. Fine, there were defensive mistakes in those games, but Mm -hmm. you could see that the attack suffered because of how defensively he set up his team. And, and, you know, that's, that's a problem. These are... These are your contemporaries. These are teams that are in and around you. You should be able to take the game to them. You should be able to play with them. I, My point is, it's understandable for you to show respect to maybe 
Man City, and even then, I don't think the fans would be okay with it because people there's an extra there's an extra element to it yeah. with the fact that this is Guardiola and it's a derby. So you it's a local have, derby. You have so to show up. you have to show up. You the fans care about it. The fans want to feel good about it. You know these things last for a very long time. Well, for you to do that to Liverpool. And this isn't the first time. I mean, last season, you did the same thing. I mean, see, the same way you argued with my clock confusion, someone's going to be like, hey, it's Jose. What else do you expect? This, well, is, how, you expect? this, this is how he, is sets, how up he sets up for his up. big... Yeah, but you asked me why I was disappointed about and This is No, you're right. I mean, because, I mean... This is what I'm disappointed about. Other than it being playing against rivals and history and all that, it really didn't bear the hallmarks of a, a big game for yeah, him to set up this like defensively. Big, big game, yeah. Man... Did he just bow to pressure of the occasion, you think, setting up like that? He's just a defensive manager. <laughs> no, he's just a defensive manager. I mean, I like I like him. I respect him. He's he's you know, he's won he's won tons of trophies in his career, but Jose Mourinho just loves to defend. It makes no sense. It, it does I don't understand it. I don't get it. It's there's a level of pragmatism to how he sets up that sort of it, it's takes, what gets takes 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 a bit away from football, but on the plus side, it's better than Van Gaal, so we'll take that. Incremental progress. Incremental progress, yes. Slow yeah. incremental progress. Little by little. Uh before we go to our last topic, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to After the Whistle on your preferred podcast manager. So Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Play Republic, basically any app that you listen to podcasts with. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and a review. And do check out the other shows on the GCR Podcast Network. So our last topic for this episode is one that keeps... I mean, as fans of sports, we talk about it occasionally. Do big players get away with the fouls? I mean, it's... It seems like a conspiracy, doesn't it? That just because a player is on a bigger team, a challenge that's 50-50 is going to go in his favor. I mean, refs are, refs go to school, refs go through training, and are taught to not to are taught, I'm sorry, to be very impartial when it comes to these decisions. But then this is a case of perception, because we just feel a bit more aggrieved when the bigger players or bigger teams get fouls called in their favor, or is this something that actually has a legitimate, you know, foothold? I mean, have you have you noticed this? Have is I noticed? Some, is this something you have noticed? For example, have you seen? It's different. Sergio Aguero get away with a foul that you see, but you see, with that it differs. I think it differs sports to sports. Football, you have to look at what the different leagues. It's easy. It's very easy to claim, and I think prove that when you go to La Liga, uh, Barcelona and Madrid do tend to get away when it comes to like these fouls and these calls. You could argue that in the Premier League, it feels a bit more balanced. It feels a bit more balanced. But then the the counter to that would be maybe just because there are more bigger teams. The good calls are spread, or the bad good calls, or the incorrect calls are spread amongst them, as opposed to La Liga, where it's just a top two. You have the Bundesliga, where Bayern is, you know, mopping up all that. So perception sometimes, man. But I think it's I think it's valid. I think it's valid because we have to we have to take into consideration the fact that this is sports as well as entertainment, and the entertainment factor counts. And you want to see the best players playing. You no. want to see them Barrett's on the field. Barrett's aren't gone, going into games being told like, hey, 
we want to keep. I mean, they're told to make it an enjoyable game. Yeah, make it an enjoyable. These are things we hear all the time from commentators, you know. So we can assume it's something that happens. Oh, the ref wants the game to flow. Yeah. Which is just a euphemism for he's letting players get away with tackles because he doesn't want to stop the game too many times. Yeah, but this goes both ways, no? Yeah, no, I'm just... Yes, it goes both ways, but... I mean, so many times you come from you you come away from a game aggrieved that there was a contentious decision that didn't go the way of one team that would have changed the game. Yeah, this happens a lot in the NBA, and in the NBA, you can just go on YouTube and see all the foul calls on the superstars that don't get called. I mean, the superstars get away with traveling violations almost. I mean, three or four times a game. I think with the I guess maybe with the NBA where the focus much more is on the star player is a players league as players league, yes. said you could argue that there is some level of collusion among refs to keep the best player on the court because I mean players even allude to it players even say oh I'm a superstar now so I get those calls <laughs> you know in so many interviews you have a player saying yeah I get those calls now which shows that I'm a superstar now <laughs> you know I get those calls so I, I uh, within the players they feel that. You know, there's a status you can get to where You've ended you are right. absolved of half of your infractions. You're above traveling now. <laughs> you know, on the pitch or on the field. And, well, the problem is, if the fans if the fans see through it too much, it sort of affects, it affects your perception of the league. I mean, it has to be, it has to be candid. No, but I get what you mean. But let's take this extreme example where La Liga fans will argue that Barca and, Mad- uh, Barca and Madrid get all the calls. Now, the perception of La Liga is tainted. But in terms of, I guess, enjoyment, if those two teams have enough of a fan base that pissing off the others doesn't significantly affect, I don't know, maybe the commercial side of things, why would, why, would, why would the refs bother? Or why bother? Why, why should anybody look into it? Why strive for parity when it comes to officiating? Well, there isn't parity in that league. There isn't parity in lots of things when you... You talk about that league, so I don't think it's a good example. Too. I don't think parity is, is is going to come from from calls right now mm-hmm. in that sort of league. Those two teams are going to get the calls because those two teams get all the eyeballs. Those two teams get all the TV money. Those two teams are the reason why people watch that league. So for football, is it more a case of where basketball has the star players? With football, is more of the team. The, the star teams. Yes. Yeah. If your team so has many. a prestige. Because I think Champions League is where this becomes very apparent when it comes to the 50-50 calls going for the big sides. Because it's like you just see Juventus playing. I mean, there, there, have, been, there have been huge scandals. We have the UEFA <laughs> Lona. We've had the UEFA Lona scandal yeah. for a very long time. <laughs> I mean, even talking about the draws, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. So, I mean, you have this niggling feeling that there are strings pulled to make it certain more, outcomes to make more certain outcomes more likely and to make it a more enjoyable spectacle as opposed to leaving it to chance mm-hmm. if they have influence and if they can make it better they do what they can to make it better but as candidly as possible mm-hmm. what I have to say to that is the reason why sports make so much money is because it has become entertaining you can you can watch a local Football game. You can watch a football game between, you know, two teams you don't care about. Skill level aside, 
comparative scale aside, it it could still feel the same. But mm-hmm. the reason why you would enjoy, you know, too much heralded teams is because you know about them. Yeah. It's because you know the players' names. You know what they are good at. It's the star quality. You know, it's been marketed to you. So you care more. You care more about that game than than the other game. So. That's also part of the sport because it's not just about sport. It's about sport and entertainment. I mean, basketball players say it all the time. You know, it's it's entertainment. And we know it. You know, so that's why it's a star-driven league because you have to keep people in the seats. I mean, segueing into basketball, I mean, you look at the 76ers. The reason why they now have to compete is they were get during the process with Sam Hinkie, they were getting the picks. Yeah. But they were also losing so many games that they weren't getting fans into the stadiums. Fans didn't want to watch them. Because even though they understood what was happening, there's still the entertainment value. There's still the entertainment. So the entertainment still counts. And that's also part of why people don't understand why Lonzo is such a big deal in LA. Because we haven't seen a rookie who garners this much attention, this much media attention. This is what his father wanted. And this is what his father wanted him to play in Hollywood. His father wanted him to play in California. For this very reason. For this very reason. You know, his father wanted his father wanted him to be the star of the league. And him being the star of the league, you understand that the Lakers don't just want to play good basketball and win. They want to play good basketball, win, and be entertaining. You know, there are other basketball teams that can play boring basketball and get away with it because their fans only care about winning. But not the Lakers. But in Los Angeles, you have so many sports teams. How many basketball teams do you have in California alone? Yeah. How many bas- How many um, football teams do you have in California alone? How many championship-winning baseball teams do you have so in California alone? So you are competing for attention. So you are competing for attention with all of these guys. So star quality counts. So you have to understand it's also entertainment. And I guess that's the reason why maybe somebody like D'Angelo Russell would be pushed aside for someone like Lonzo because he's ready for that type of spotlight. He garners that type of attention. And when you know this, you know that, okay, it's not just about sport. I mean, the sport is important. Competing is important. But there's a reason why you know Magic Johnson and you don't know Fat Lever. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why you know Michael Jordan because they were as great on the field as they were on your TV screens, in your commercials, you know, endorsing products, the ads. It's also entertainment, and that also counts. So how soon should we expect for Alonso to start getting calls go his way? I hope soon. (laughs) I hope soon. Oh, man. I hope soon, but I hope soon. Okay, so for listeners, we're going to be wrapping up our season very, very soon. After episode 30, we have a special episode, GCR, GCR-wide episode lineup, so do listen out for that. We're hopefully going to meet up probably throughout November a couple of times just for bonus episodes. So we'll see who is who is down to come through just to, you know, talk some Premier League and NBA action. Uh, but from me and Moose, it's been nice having you listen to us. ATW, peace out. <laughs> Dominate the conversation. <laughs> Neymar, Busquets. Se va al ataque de nuevo el futuro campeón de liga. Messi dejando el balón para Neymar. Atención, ahí fuera de juego. Balón para Luis Suárez. Gol. Va a golpear Cristiano. Se espatarra el bicho. Va a golpear con la derecha. Chuta Cristiano. Gol. 
Costa turns Alderweireld. Hazard! Won the title for Leicester City tonight! Irving and Curry, one-on-one. Irving puts it up. It's good! Kyrie Irving from down! 